Hello guys, and welcome to another episode of One More Rap. Um, I first wanted to cover the choice of um, this title for my podcast, because it does actually have significant meaning. One More Rep is obviously something that we say a lot of as personal trainers to our clients, especially those on the gym floor. I mean, only those on the gym floor. So when, when a client is performing their exercises, the, the set of their exercise, I, I quite often catch myself saying, oh, just give me one more rep or, or three more reps. And the funny thing is, is that more often than, than not, the client actually achieves that. And they, they're able to, to squeeze out one more rep or a few more reps. And I compare this to kind of just getting an extra 1% out of your, out of your day and striving to just be 1% better, which is often a quote that's thrown about a lot, in, especially in like the fitness and mindset space and, and, and motivational speakers. But it really does have a lot in common with uh, or, or in sim- that is similar to just squeezing out one more rep it's like just getting one more percent out of yourself and it's always something that most people can do we can always just get one percent more we don't have to get 20 percent 80 percent better in, in one day we can we can be content and happy with with just one more percent it's typical that just as i started recording a dog has gone wild outside so I think it's just saying hello <laughs> um, so this episode I wanted to break down that old chestnut of I want to gain muscle and lose fat which as a personal trainer I probably hear the most like common that is the most common goal if you could call it that or aspiration and when I put a story out the other day on Instagram I had over 100 people vote that that was what they were aiming for, which I thought was mad. Um, so it's clearly something that can be addressed and from an expert in the... Well, I don't actually like to use the word expert. I never I never regard myself as an expert. I don't know why I said that. But as someone with experience in the fitness industry, I wanted to break that down. More often than not, I'm going to hear this request from someone who is kind of just starting off their fitness journey. Um, not all, not always, but a lot of the time it's, it's someone who has either fallen off the fitness, fitness wagon and wants to get back into it or they're just starting off. And maybe they've been trying, maybe they've been trying some things for a while and, it's, and it just isn't working and they, they might not have actually had help before. So often, more often than not, the people who I speak to with this, with this goal, is are people who have not actually had intervention from coaching yet, because more often than not, coaches are going to break this down and be able to educate that person on how to get that result. And I just find that people who have this goal often haven't actually had any help yet. So I'm often looking at beginners and talking to beginners when I, when, I, when I hear this. However, you might have tried fad diets or 12-week workout plans that are, just, surprise, surprise, shock, they don't actually work. Um, and, and these people might also still have this, this goal. 
Okay, so how I would start this off if a client literally said to me this is what they wanted and uh, they wanted me to work with them as a coach to get this result. The first thing to work on, that I, the first thing that I would work on with my client would be finding out their why, finding out what is driving that ambition. And it has to be more than just that holiday to Turkey in two weeks or to heal from a breakup. <laughs> it, it needs to go much deeper than that. And actually more often than not, the client or the person doesn't immediately realise where this is coming from. So when you first ask what is it that's motivating them, they, they might just say, oh, I want to feel better. I want to look better. And I think I addressed this in my last podcast, but after delving deeper, you're going to get towards those more intrinsic motivators that are super, super powerful and that are going to drive that person's results six months down the line when they might be struggling and it might be difficult and it might be uncomfortable. But those, if they're aware of what their why is and they're, and they're aware of, and, and we've built the strength of those intrinsic motivators, then it'll keep powering them on. So that's the first thing that I would definitely work on before I get into the technicalities of the training program, the nutrition approach. I would definitely address mindset first and establish what they want to achieve and why. <clears throat> and I think that's often an overlooked aspect of training. If your mindset is not there, everything that a coach can give you or everything that you try is always going to be less than optimal. And there are numerous studies out there that demonstrate the power of visualisation. And to get the best result out of something, it starts with mindset, it starts with, with positive visualisation. It's used from a beginner all the way up to an advanced elite athlete who is maybe a Wimbledon finalist and the type of training that they do, a lot of it revolves around mindset. And we've seen that if an athlete visualizes a positive outcome before they go into the event, they are more likely to play that event out than if they do not do a visualization technique and go into that event um you know without without that and i will reference a study I, i've forgotten the exact nature of it but i will reference a study at the bottom of this podcast to support what i'm saying <clears throat> however to wrap that up the overall the overall message here is to not overlook your why and to um, work on your, your positive mindset. Okay, so once we've got past that, I will now give you a three-step approach to losing fat, gaining muscle. And this is going to apply to most people, whether you are overweight and wanting to lose a significant amount of fat and build muscle, or if you are underweight and this... And this is still still your goal. And I'll tell you how this can still be someone's goal if, even if they're underweight. Some people are sedentary and they have a particular frame. They might be quite tall. And 
due to their sedentary lifestyle, they have a low amount of muscle mass and their fat percentage is relatively high, even though their body weight is coming up as underweight um, in terms of BMI, for example. It's not the best measurement in the world, but it's a good way of categorizing, generally speaking. And if someone's underweight, they can still want to lose fat, gain muscle. The amount of fat that they need to lose compared to someone who's overweight, obviously, is going to be a bit smaller. But their fat percentage is still dangerously high. And, and, and they will still have these, they can still have these goals and aspirations. So it can work for them too. Or it could work for someone who's not got a lot of fat mass to lose and not got a lot of muscle mass really to gain. They might already be an intermediate lifter. lifter. And I think this approach is still a wise approach for them to follow. And it's still something that can actually drive very good results. So listen up wherever you kind of are on that spectrum. Step one is going to be calorie management. And this is the most important thing to work on. So before you go off doing one hour run every day and running your joints and knees into the ground, training the gym twice a day, you need to think about what you're doing and work. A a quote that I really like that I've heard from other coaches and mentors is work smarter, not harder or not always harder. It's not always about graft. Sometimes it's about intelligent thinking and and planning ahead before you actually go into it. Because if you go balls to the wall, you're at risk of burning out and and maybe injuring and and then just giving up. So step one is going to be to manage calories. We can only manage calories if we understand what calories are and we understand what our calories should be to gain, maintain or lose weight. Calories are just a unit of energy and 50 calories in chocolate is the same as 50 calories in sweet corn. Might not be the same weight, might not be the same mass, you might need more mass of sweet corn than chocolate to get that equivalent energy because sweet corn's got a lot of fibre in it and so on and so forth, water. But 50 calories from one is the same energy energy wise as the other and 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 we control that in a lab that's how we find what calories how many calories are in a food we we burn it in a lab we don't burn it in the human body we that sounds really morbid but we we do it outside of the body in a lab in a controlled environment and we standardize this is how much energy is in this food If our body, if we put those foods in our bodies, yes, 50 calories from chocolate is going to interact differently than 50 calories of sweet corn. You're probably not, definitely not going to get all 50 calories out of the sweet corn. Whereas with chocolate, you're probably going to be getting most of those calories. You're going to be getting over 90% of those calories out of that chocolate for energy production, fat stores, sweet corn, you nowhere near that efficiency because the energy is bound with fiber and and the digestion isn't as effective and they're completely different macro distributions one's a carb and the other one's fat but without going into the details because i don't want to lose anyone here calorie is just a measure of energy and if you type on google 
calculate my TDEE, you will get something called the Harris-Benedict formula, nine times out of 10. You'd have to scroll pretty far down probably to get a different formula. But your top result is gonna be something called a Harris-Benedict formula. And this is gonna tell you your total daily energy expenditure if you put in the variables that it asks for. And it's going to ask for your activity level and it's gonna ask for things like your age, your gender, your height, and your sex, so male, female. And this will tell you what I like to call your maintenance, your maintenance calories. So that energy number that comes out of that equation, once you put those, form, those variables in, will tell you what energy you need to maintain your body weight as you are now, based on how much exercise you're doing. So someone who's training five times a week, who I would class as active to very active, they might need 3000 calories to maintain their body weight. Whereas someone else who's training two or three times a week, barely hitting 10,000 steps a day, and they're maybe older, which will slow down their BMR, their calories to maintain might be 2,200. 2,100, I don't know, just a guess. But as a ballpark figure, it's probably gonna be somewhere around there. My maintenance calories, as someone who is extremely active on their feet most days, probably gets around 15 to 20,000 steps a day. My maintenance calories is, is the mid 3,000, like 3,500. So this is what I need to maintain everything that I've got now. And it's not the most accurate thing in the world, for sure. It doesn't account for body composition. Um, and we know that muscle mass versus fat mass, maintaining muscle mass requires a lot more energy than it does fat mass. Because fat mass is pretty dormant compared to muscle mass, which is a, an engine. And it's where things are, are burnt, things like glycogen and so on and so forth. So it does, it's not the most accurate in the world, but it's a good starting point. Now, for anyone who is just getting started with their approach in the gym, or if you're an intermediate lifter and you feel like you've got a little bit of fat to lose and a little bit more muscle to gain, working at maintenance is smart. Start here. You don't need to go in an extreme deficit. You don't need to go into an extreme surplus. You can work at maintenance level. So if you calculate that you need 3,000 calories for maintenance, then map out some meals that could get you there. So your breakfast might start with seven to 800 calories. Your lunch might be at seven to 800 calories. Your dinner might be seven to 800. Overall, you hit 2,400 calories just from your three big meals alone. Then you need to just fill out some snacks, which could be things like nuts, dates, fruit juices, anything else that you could kind of plug in the gaps to get that 600 calories to get to your maintenance. As long as your activity level stays where it is, and keep working at maintenance, you're not gonna see any drastic changes with your physique, but we don't want drastic changes. We don't want to suddenly lose an extreme amount of weight, unless we are coming from a very overweight position, and that's where that's where I would probably view it a, di a bit differently. Probably wouldn't work at maintenance. I mean, definitely wouldn't work at maintenance. If someone comes to me over 100 kilos and they're six foot, I'm probably gonna be tapping into a more aggressive deficit. But for most people, they're not at an extreme overweight level. And so maintenance can work really well for them. You're gonna gain muscle. You're gonna potentially be tapping into those fat stores as well. 
and you keep that activity level up. There's nowhere in the research to show that we need to be in an extreme in an extreme calorie surplus to gain muscle. We need to be working at maintenance or just slightly above, like literally 50 calories, which is nothing. <clears throat> if you go into an aggressive deficit, you run the risk of fatigue and exhaustion. And it takes a certain mindset to be able to get there and do that. And it, and it takes a lot of sacrifice as well. And I think a lot of us aren't prepared to do that because our physique and gym isn't our life. And so for me to come at a client and say, I need you in a 500 calorie deficit, I would only be doing that if they wanted results that are quick and they were also prepared to sacrifice the meals out with friends, the takeouts, the drinks, that, you know, all of those things have to come into play for us to realistically be able to execute that. But for most people, we can just work at maintenance and still see some positive results. So that's step one. Just loading up step two because my computer went off. Step two is to choose and build an activity program and workout split that definitely will work for you. You splitting up every muscle group in the body and doing it and, and training six, seven times a week, coming from a place of no, not training for the last six months, this is not going to work for you long term. You are going to get a month to two months in and you are going to be really struggling because you've changed so much at once. And it, what would be smarter would be to start small and change things a bit more slowly. Because if you change everything at once and things don't work out, how do you know what to identify as the issue? Whereas if you change one thing at a time and slowly increase, so you start with two sessions a week for the first month, and then maybe partway through that month, you think, actually, I'm ready for three. Then instead of doing two one-hour sessions, try three 45-minute sessions. You've incrementally increased. And then try four. And then maybe you get to four and think, this is definitely enough because I'm feeling really tired in the morning. Like I'm struggling to get out of work. I'm struggling to perform, um, you know, work. I'm, I'm struggling to be there for family. Maybe four is too much. Maybe you need to cut the time down from those four sessions or drop back to three. But change one thing at a time so that you have full control over, over your performance and you know what variables are affecting your performance. And generally, if you're training three times a week, a good split can just be work upper, work lower, and work mixed. So upper, go into the gym, focus on five upper body exercises, record them, make sure you lift heavier in them. So I'm gonna come on to this more in the next point. And then the next day or in two days, work lower. And then a couple of days, do a mixed session hit upper and lower, and then the next week, repeat those exercises. And that can work really well for a three-day split. Or if you're on four, you can alternate between upper, lower, upper, lower, and there's variations of that. Or if you're dropping all the way back to two sessions, just do an upper and a lower day. But make sure that that program is realistic to you. And it isn't always the gym that's going to drive results. It's not That's not going to be the main driver. The main driver is going to be calorie management, but it's also just going to be general activity. It doesn't have to be a gym session. It could be that you're going for three walks a day. 
It could be that the first thing you do when you get up in the morning is go for a 30-minute walk. And then at lunch, you go for a 20-minute walk. And then at dinner, you go for another half-hour walk. And I know it sounds like a lot, but that can do way more for fat loss and weight loss than the gym will in, in the week. I, but I see the gym as a way to build muscle. And I see weight loss and fat loss coming from a combination of calorie management and general activity. So steps, walking. If you can perform those two things at the same time, then you will see accelerated results. But if your priority is to lose weight, prioritize on that general movement and calorie management side and add the gym in as a supplement. If your priority is to gain muscle and maintain your weight or you know, thinking about that person who is underweight with some fat stores because they're sedentary, that person probably shouldn't be moving as much and they should focus more on the gym to build that muscle and focus on calorie management and making sure that they don't fall into an aggressive deficit, work at maintenance or a slight surplus and watch that weight incrementally increase and watch their fat stores stay similar or decrease, but their muscle percentage should really come up. That should be the priority for them. Step three is going to be setting goals and recording progress. And within this, I want some accountability. So set yourself mini goals. Don't make extreme goals that are six months down the line because they're so not tangible. They're so far away that you cannot visualize yourself actually being there in a way. It's just, it's like you'd, you'd have to be a different person to be in that position where you want to be in six, 12 months, right? And that's just too far away to grasp. Instead, what is better is to look a week or a month down the line. Where do you want to be in a week? Where do you want to be in a month? And it might not be an aesthetic change. It could be more behave. It could be more about behavioral. So in a week's time, I'm going to be set with my three day workout program. I'm going to know what I'm doing in the gym. I'm going to feel more confident. I'm going to have my nutrition 80% nailed most of the time have some 20% flexibility, that could be a goal for you. This week, I'm not going to have three takeouts. I'm going to have one. Great. Rather than in six months, I want to lose. I want to have lost 10 kilos. Or even upwards of that, I've heard. So small goals. Make sure you record your progress. And it can be for your own personal use. Take pictures of yourself, make sure you've got an album. If you've got an aesthetic drive, aesthetic result, have pictures of yourself, put them in a little folder and then redo those pictures in a few weeks time. Check in with yourself, see if you've made progress. And I look how I immediately jumped to kind of pictures. I didn't jump to scale weight because scale weight is so overused and it really knocks people's confidence. And I think pictures can be, although they're a little bit more daunting at first to take, I just don't think it has the same impact on someone's um, mindset as a number on a scale. And your body appearance can change, but the scale weight can be the same. And so I don't put too much emphasis on scale weight. I just think it's overused and it can actually do more harm than good. Take pictures, have an album just for you. You can also check in with yourself on how you're feeling, have a journal. Are you feeling happy in the gym? Are you feeling confident in the gym? Is there anything that's not working for you in the gym? And then could you maybe change that up next week 
And then actually when you journal next week, you find that, oh, this works much better for me. I feel much happier doing this. Cool. Drop that old exercise that used to make your, your hip play up or da, da, da. So keep a journal. That's another way of tracking your progress. Record what you're lifting in the gym. Record that you're lifting heavier in a month's time. These are all ways to keep you motivated and keep you going back long term. If you've not got a record, then you're shooting in the dark. You don't know if you, you, you might be making progress, but you've not actually recorded it. You've got nothing quantitative or qualitative in terms of journaling. You've got nothing to base your conclusion on, just a feeling. And from day to day, your feelings are going to fluctuate. One day, you're going to be feeling great about your training. And another day, you're going to feel like it's all just going to shit and you might as well give it up. But if you put all of the, if you base your conclusions off feelings, then yeah, you are going to give up. But if you base your conclusions and, and, and put more weight on qualitative and quantitative results, that will keep you going. Yeah, because feelings come and go and feelings change like the wind. <clears throat> and the final part I wanted to just address is accountability. And it doesn't have to be accountability to a coach. It could be accountability to a friend. It could be accountability to a partner. But tell your friend, your partner, your coach, whoever it is, that this is what you're working on. And these are the goals that you've set. And get them to check in with you. Get them to drop you a message. How's it going? How's the fitness going? How's the training going in the gym? And maybe you could do the same for them. Like, is there anything you want me to hold you accountable to? I've got a really close friend of mine who checks in with me about the things I've said I want to get done, want to achieve. And then I do the same for, with, with her. And it really, really helps. And, you know, that's not from, that's not a coach. It's not, it's not anything where, and, and it's not frustrating. It's, I don't find it patronising. I don't find it overwhelming. It's not like someone's attacking me. It's, all it is is just checking in. So it's like, how, how is it going? Like, did you manage to get done what you wanted to get done? And often it's like, well, yeah, I have actually. And I feel great about it. And it's that acknowledgement. But then sometimes it's like, oh, I've just not got around to doing that yet. But I'm planning on getting it done at this time. And this is how. And I'd get really specific with time, timing, and, and how you're going to do things. Don't just say, oh, I'm going to... I'm gonna I'm gonna lose fat and I'm gonna gain muscle. Like how much, and when, and how. So put dates on things. So by this point of time, I'm gonna be here. By t uh, tomorrow, I'm gonna get to the gym at seven a.m. and I'm gonna work on X Y Z. And and if you tell people that and they can hold you accountable, it can really help to reinforce that habit. And um, it certainly helps me. Not just in fitness, but in, in personal life, work life as well. So that is um, that is how I would approach losing fat and gaining muscle. The three-step approach. And I think with those three steps, you should make some really good progress. Whether you're coming in as a beginner or an intermediate lifter. If you have any questions or any anything you want to ask especially around I know that the calorie management part is, is probably the most confusing and the most tricky part for people to get right and the, and anywhere with nutrition it's always a bit of a black hole and a bit it's it is a confusing area and there's never a black and white answer of what is right and what is wrong but if you have any questions related to that please do message me email me and I'll be happy to help all right I'll see you next time